So we're just gonna sit nice and tall, just nice and comfortable. If you wanna feel a little bit more grounded, you can do palms down. If you feel like you'd like a little bit of energy or boost from the universe, you can do palms facing up, whatever feels best. And just try to relax into the floor. Try to just settle in and bring yourself present to the room. A major goal of meditation is to be able to be present and bring your mind to where your body is. So we're gonna try to resist letting our thoughts float to what we had to do today, something that's bothering us, a fight with a partner or a friend, things we have to do next week, what we're gonna have for dinner. And just let those things stay outside of the space for now. They're in the room anyway. You won't be able to actually affect or change anything that's happening outside of the space until you leave. So you might as well surrender that responsibility and enjoy this present moment and this experience. Just settle into the breath. Try to breathe deeply through the stomach. Shoulders relax.
keep your mind where your body is. As soon as we start to think about future events or past occurrences, our mind and our present consciousness goes where our thoughts are. And if our thoughts are not in the present, then our mind is not with our body. And we feel disconnected. Time seems to fly by. And the past is no longer here. The future hasn't come yet. So for all the time we spend with our thoughts and our consciousness in the past and the present, we're essentially living in an imaginary state. Keep your mind with your breath. The breath is the only thing that really exists in the present moment. And allows us to stay connected to our body and stay here where we physically are. Today we're going to talk about aligning purpose, and this is an important concept that many of us struggle with, and being able to align with our purpose and our intuition and our intentions, our heart's purpose, allows us to lead a happier life, and many of us spend a great deal of our years, if not all of them, going after sort of external achievements. Salaries, job promotions, even marriages, college graduations, buying houses, these sort of stepping stones. And they make us feel purposeful or valid or make us feel accomplished. However, when we go after these things that are only worth something because they are recognized by people around us or society, then that leaves us without the experience of joy. So essentially we make choices that lead us to pleasing others. And when we please others, we don't please ourselves. And we're the only ones that are going to experience what it's like to have or not have those things either have the things that we've chased after that don't mean that much to us, or to have the things that really do bring us joy. No one else is going to suffer except for us when we make those choices that don't align with our heart. Now, many of those things could align with your heart, and that's perfectly okay. You know, having families and certain jobs and education, some of these things genuinely bring us joy. And that's 100% it's not so much about what we choose, it's about why we chose it. 
and taking time like this to really ask ourselves why we're choosing what we're choosing is so important to give us the opportunity to reroute or make adjustments if we're not choosing in alignment with our heart. For many people, they don't take this time until they've already retired or they're much older, they've had the time and the energy and the effort and the health to do the things that really do bring us joy. So it's important for me to encourage everyone as soon as possible to just make sure to check in that what they're doing is truly part of their purpose and will make them feel like they spent a valuable portion of their life doing things that bring them joy when they reach the end of it. So how do we know what aligns with our heart? That's the big question. How do we know what our purpose is? There's a few things we can do, and mainly this is asking ourselves questions, which I'll give you a few of um, in a moment. But another thing is really being able to distinguish that inner voice. So we have our inner voice, which is our intuition, and then we have external voices and information that we've heard throughout our entire lives, our conditioning, from our parents, from our educators, from our peers, from our you know, superiors in work, um, from the media, all of these things that um, come into our senses and we hear them so repetitively that sometimes it's hard to distinguish what we've heard over and over again and what we genuinely think. Because whether we repeat something that we've heard or whether we're telling ourselves something that we genuinely believe, they come from the same voice. It's the same voice in your head. It's coming from the same narrator. So how would you know? And the difference is when we hear thoughts like, we're not good enough, we're not capable, we'll never get that job, we'll never find love, we're not smart enough, or skinny enough, or pretty enough, or experienced enough, or wealthy enough. Any of these things that tell us a story that we're not valuable are never our inner voice. Anything that doesn't paint you as the hero of your own story comes from the outside. Most of our conditioning comes from sources where they either want us to buy things that make us feel more valuable and they make a profit off of this, or it comes from other people's either projections of their own shortcomings or their, or their expectations of us in their life. And those things are going to generally be aimed at pointing out our inadequacies. So anytime you start to have thoughts about what you can do or what you should do or where you're going, Keep in mind that your inner voice will always root for you. Because nobody wants to see themselves fail or suffer. So it wouldn't make any logical sense to have that inner voice or your own self want to see yourself crumble or be unhappy or not reach for your potential. Because it's the same person. You can't want yourself to fail and want yourself to succeed at the same time. It's only one of you but other people can want to see you fail while you want to see yourself succeed. So really kind of tune in to what is this voice telling me about what I'm going after. Now, when it comes to making choices, 
sometimes it's hard to decide between making the smart choice and making the choice that we really want. And it's hard to tell because our mind, if we want to make a decision, all right, we're picking between option A and option B. Maybe take the promotion or go get another job. Our brain is designed to protect us. It's designed to keep us safe. It's designed to keep us in habit from taking risks, from growing. It wants the familiar. That's its job. It can also argue any side. You could put logic behind any decision. You could say what's smarter or what's better or what's going to be you know, better perceived or what's going to make me feel more validated or better recognized. And when we make choices based on that, like I mentioned, or that external logic, then what we'll end up with is a life that looks good, but maybe it doesn't feel good for us. So we have to lean into our heart. And it's not just saying, oh, what do I feel? Or whatever I feel like doing. It's much more about understanding what will make you feel more joyful. And we'll do a little bit of a, a practice meditation in a moment with that as well. And just thinking about how would this situation make me feel if I were in it, imagining that sense, right? It's not this mythical, go with your heart, you know, your, your magical dreams. It's truly about how would you respond when you think about each choice, A and B. Imagine your life that way. Imagine yourself in one year, in five years, with this choice. And picture it. How does it make you feel? Where do you feel it? Do you feel tightness in your chest? Do you feel a pit in the bottom of your stomach? Do you feel empty? Do you feel it kind of go more into your head and think about it smart, you don't feel any joy? Or does it really sort of spark a sense of excitement in you? And that's what it really means by leading with your heart, okay? Not like an ethereal idea. It means how is it going to affect you and will it bring you joy? Because again, with your life, you're the only one who's going to experience that. So we cannot decide based on other people's um, ideas of us because we don't even get to experience their ideas, even if they're good. That doesn't mean that we get to experience joy and at the end of our time, that's the only thing that is going to have mattered. So when you think about moving away from these external ideas, right, we can start to lean into our intuitive voice. And sometimes we've been out of practice a little bit and we may not know how to tap into it. And a great way that I like to do so is to think about if you had a coach, you had a hired coach, maybe like your little sidekick, and they would tell you whatever it was you needed to hear. So we're going to think about anything in your life that you either feel like you're struggling with or you need to make a decision about or anything that you would love sort of ideal advice on, something that you need guidance with. 
I want you to think about what your current story is around this decision. What are the thoughts that have been playing out for you? Maybe your main pros and cons, or if you were to describe it to a colleague or family member, We all have fears. We all have projected inadequacies. We all have expectations of ourselves. Really give yourself the space to be truthful. And truthful so that you can resolve the problem. Not less than for having a fear or admitting a certain idea you have about yourself or maybe some concerns. And I want you to sort of reflect on that narrative. And think about the ideas of what that would say about you as a person if you chose A or chose B. Or if you went through the scenario or didn't. Whatever the case, what are you telling yourself what that would say about you? Do you notice any of those external voices pointing out any projected fears or telling yourself you aren't good enough or aren't capable enough or don't have what you need or are lacking some inherent value or capability in order to go forward or go with what you want. I want you to bring in that coach. This perfect coach they're going to tell you exactly what you want to hear. Regardless if you think it's true or not, what would this person tell you that would allow you to go forward and make the choice that brings you the most joy? What would they say? What do you want to hear most or need to hear most that would bring you joy or peace or courage or confidence? What would they tell you?
That's your inner voice. It came from you. You just thought it up. And you're telling yourself what you need to hear. We have the answers. We just sometimes tend to deny that truth. And the fact of the matter is that whether we're valuable or good enough, smart enough, or capable, or confident, or brave enough, most of these things, other than if it's some kind of you know, logistical certification or licensure or something of that nature, but when it comes to our character, these thoughts and notions about us being either good enough or not good enough are all relative. Truth is relative. There's no inherent truth about you being a certain quality or having a certain character. It's all a matter of opinion. So if your opinion is that you're good enough and someone else's opinion is that you're not good enough, and neither of them are technically true, they're just, like I said, opinions, then why do we put more stock in someone else's opinion instead of our own, if they're of equal value? No one can tell you that your opinion of yourself is wrong. Because it's your perspective. And your perspective is your reality. And your reality is your truth. So when you're not sure, or you're feeling confused, or doubtful, think of that coach. Think of what you would need to hear. And repeat that to yourself. Even if you don't believe it yet, you will eventually. And take some time to reflect on these major questions. Try not to get caught up in these sort of short-term or external ideas. And think about the idea of yourself sitting on the front porch. You're 85 years old. And you look back on your life and you say, I'm so glad that I did blank. I'm so glad that I experienced blank.
we can kind of think hypothetically. Right, so think about the front porch. I often think about today was my last day. What would I be the most frustrated that I haven't done so far? Imagine yourself literally in the afterlife or looking down and say, oh, man, the most important thing that I didn't do was blank. That's part of purpose. Think about what you do when you're home and no one else sees you and no one else is around. What brings you the most joy? That's part of your purpose. What if you set forth in your life on a project or a job or a role or an accomplishment and no one else could ever see or know about it? What if instead of paid and money and skill or accomplishment or tenure or favorability or lucky chances and where we got or education, what if you were only paid in passion? What if you were paid more? based on how passionate you were about what you were doing. What would make you the most money? What if we were only paid in joy? What would make you the richest? what you enjoy the most, what makes you feel most alive. people to remember you. Imagine someone celebrating your life, maybe reading your eulogy. What would you want them to list off when they talk about you? What a great person you are. 
want them to say that they had a great 401k? Do you want them to say that they hit their sales goals at their company every year? Or do you want the first things that come to mind to be that you were fearless or you loved deeply or you never wasted a moment enjoying your life? Or you stayed present? You made others around you feel more joyful and more peaceful. Keep these notions in the front of your mind. Try to touch on these things daily. And go back to them when you're not sure. Because it's not our fault that we are bombarded by all of these pressures. And that we do live in a society where we're interrelated and a lot of things that we do need and that we work on and work for are dependent on other people's opinions, like promotions or like sales, even our relationships or even things like grades and education. A lot of these things are subjective and it's difficult to not get lost in these things because they're constantly in front of us. They're the most abundant sort of prompt in front of us for us to go after. Bring yourself back to these questions. Try to move away from how things look or how they sound or what you think is best. And try to step into what would give you that experience. How would those things make you feel? How would you make others feel? Now think about how many of your choices are tied to your identity. things that we're after now or choices we're making or directions we're heading in are based on who we've decided that we are what we fit into maybe you've decided that you're an intellectual maybe you're in the science field or math or finance but maybe painting brings you joy and maybe you've limited that sort of identity for yourself that I'm not an artistic person. Or maybe you've always been stable and you're the dependable one and you're always paying bills on time and being consistent and showing up for everyone and making sure everything gets done. Or maybe moving away or planning a spontaneous trip or skydiving or changing careers would refresh you and bring you back to life. But you wouldn't do so or you wouldn't go for it because that's not who you are. Often 
sometimes we step forward on a path because it already exists for us. Sometimes we've invested years and money, especially if it's education-based and we spent years in the field, we spent time and effort and energy and hard work in this one area. And we don't want to lose that investment. And that's influencing our choices. Maybe we have expectations or ideas for ourselves or from others about what we need to achieve or what our future will look like. And this may be, again, dictating our choices based on what we think or what this identity that we sort of stepped into or agreed with. Severed all those ties. If you moved to a foreign country and no one knew who you were, you had to start all over. Money wasn't a problem, resources weren't a problem, time wasn't a problem. What would you go after? And again, this doesn't mean that we have to let go of what we're doing now or that what we're doing now necessarily doesn't bring us joy. Maybe we're on our path already and we're aligned with our purpose. And it doesn't necessarily have to be our job or our life as a whole or, or such major concepts. It could be smaller things. It could be the way we're spending our weekends or even our evenings. There's no loss here. This isn't about necessarily making a change. It's just making sure that we know why we're choosing what we're choosing. And that ultimately our choices are going to add up to become the outcome of our life. That we will feel the most joy and have the most meaningful experience while we're here. Check in often. And our last little portion here, we're just going to do a brief visualization to help us manifest this path. Whether it's any different from what we're doing now, or just the same and we want to reinforce it. a great tool to use every morning, whenever you need it. And I just want you to picture your life in five years. 
your dream life. Not what you think necessarily is going to happen now, but your dream life, however unrealistic. Maybe you live on a tropical island, maybe you live in a castle, maybe you're president of the United States. Whatever that is, I want you to imagine your life in full detail. Where do you live? What do you do in the morning? When you look around, who's there in your home? Who's there at work? What would you feel like first thing in the morning when you wake up in your fantasy life? Even if it's unrealistic, that's okay. We want to be creative here. We want to step outside of those boundaries. We want to step outside of that structure. Because it's not about chasing a fantasy. It's about being able to imagine this idea of what it would feel like to be completely joyful and completely passionate and completely connected. And physically creating that sensation and that feeling in your body, in your chest, with your emotions, based on what's happening in your brain, those ideas. Our brain creates our emotions. It doesn't know the difference between what's happening here and now and what's happening in your dream life. It responds to the thoughts. So by imagining this fantasy life in five years, this dream world, all you're doing is creating that sensation in your body, those emotions that correspond. That joy, that passion, that freedom, that excitement, that love, that connection, that purpose, that meaning. And you practice getting that feeling into your body. The more you practice it, the more familiar it becomes. And the more familiar it becomes, the easier it is throughout your day to make choices that align with that feeling. So remember in the beginning I said when you're thinking about choices, imagine each choice and where it would lead. Follow it down the road a little longer. Imagine option A and how does it feel? Imagine option B and how would that feel? And which one feels closer to that sensation that you feel when you imagine your dream world. Whichever one is closer to that feeling of joy and meaning and purpose is the choice that is aligned with your heart. And if we continue to choose based on our heart, and we have no choice but to align with our purpose.
here. Keep it close to your heart as you go forward into your daily life.